Uh, I don't know if you grew up with the tradition, you put the, you know, your presents under the Christmas tree, and then you wake up Christmas Day, and you run to the Christmas tree, and you open up the presents with your name on it. Um, we grew up with that tr- tradition when I was growing up. Uh, we don't do that in our family now. It's just too hard. It's just too many kids. Um, I just, it's a bit like, you know, what did you get for Christmas? You know, you know we're a gift-giving society, right? Um, who, like, be, let's be honest, right? This is the interactive service. Um, who got uh, an, an amazing gift? Like, I'll give, you, I'll give you the opportunity to brag right here, right now, if you think you got an amazing gift for Christmas this year. What? Yeah, go, Jan. Gift cards. Yeah, right. Now, I think that depends on two things. Number one, um, where, where the gift card was to. What, what, what store was the gift? Was it just a... Oh, well, okay, that's pretty good. And I think the second one really is how much. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you know, you could get a $5 Westfield gift card and, you know. Anyone else get a... Come on, anyone get a really, like, blow my mind gift? Like, oh my God, I can't believe I got a gift like that. Ansley, did you... Yeah? I got nothing, Eileen. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you're in big trouble now, boy. <laughs> what are the kids? Where's my kids? Ben, Chris, what, what's the best gift you got? What did you get? Books. Yeah, cool. <laughs> what did you get, Ben? Money. That's right. Cash is king. All right. Now, let's, let's go to the other side of the scale. Who got a crappy gift? Who got a gift you're like... What the? But you couldn't say it because you're just being nice. A pair of socks, a scarf. Anyone get a really inappropriate gift? I remember one year I got a gift. It was a scarf, right? And I thought, we live in Sydney. It's like 40 degrees Christmas Day. You got a, got a scarf. Um, the, the reality about gifts is this, right? Like every year, you know, and hopefully you do get a gift of some sort. Every year you get a gift and it's, it's hard to get a gift that blows your mind. Right? Like think of the time, the last time when you received a gift that you were like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I received this. Right? I've heard of these gifts, right? I haven't had too many of these in my life as well. But, you know, like, brand new car, right? I've never happened in my lifetime, but, you know, one can dream. One can dream, right? Um, or, like, a new puppy, right? Never going to happen in our family, right? But it's actually really hard. It's really hard to receive a gift of that caliber, Right? That literally you're like, and you know, you think about it all year, I can't believe. And then you go to the Christmas next year and, and, and every gift you receive next year is just a disappointment because the one you got, right? But it's so funny how, like especially you know, with kids, but even for us sometimes, right? Like you, you wait and you hope, you know, you hope that this Christmas is going to be a bit different, you know? 
Like, have you ever been in a situation where you, you're waiting for something and you waited and you expected and you got there and it just sucked, right? It was just disappointing. I'll give you an example. Um, one, one of the new burger joints out in, in Australia is called uh, Five Guys Burgers, right? This is Five Guys Burgers. And most people here, if you've been to our church, you'd know that um, most of my examples are food examples. Um, five guys arrived a few years ago from the States. Everyone's talking about it. Right? Everyone's doing Five Guys Burgers. And there's only one place to get them, right? It's in the most, you know, the most sophisticated place in Sydney, right? Penrith. Right? It's like so far, right? But this is like when Krispy Kreme first came in. You either had to go to Penrith or you had to go to the airport, right? And we did, right? This is back before I was married. We went all the way just to have one Krispy Kreme, right? Now I'm older. I can't do that, Right? Anyway, everyone's talking about five guys, five guys, five guys. And everyone will say the same thing. It's so much choice and it's delicious. It's just a little bit expensive. Like burger chips and a Coke's 24 bucks. You know, Macca's is like 13 bucks. You know, like, you know, you're paying a fair bit, right? Anyway, so I never got around to it. And then I went to, I had the opportunity to go to London earlier in the year and five guys is on every street, like, it's like there is more five guys on the streets than there are petrol stations, right? So I go, oh, this is my opportunity, right? I've been, you know, oh, I'm going to go. So I finally get to go. I finally get to go to five guys. And I walk in and I order, you know, the cheeseburger. And you get to put whatever you want in there. And then you order the chips and they're the, you know, the fresh potato chips and whatnot. And then I had, you know, my, you know, favorite Sprite. And it was, can I tell you, it was so disappointing. It was like, I waited for this. It didn't even taste as good as like a Big Mac, right? Like honestly. And here's what was even sadder. I wasn't paying Aussie dollar. I was paying British pound, right? Like 18 British pound, which ended up being like 34 Australian dollars I was like, I was so disappointed. Nearly 40 bucks to be disappointed, right? You're feeling me, right? You're feeling this, right? If, if Five Guys is on the live stream, I do apologize not to badmouth you, but come and talk to me. We can have a conversation. You know, as much as we want to avoid this situation in our lives, it happens over and over again, whether it's food, whether it's gifts, you know, whether it's opportunities, whether it's relationships, whether it's people. We go in with certain expectation and we get disappointed more than none. Like we go back to gifts, right? Like I've gotten to the point where I'm old enough now and I earn an income that if I really wanted something, I'm not going to wait for Christmas. I'm just going to go and buy it, right? Why? Because if I wait, I'm going to be disappointed, right? I'm going to be disappointed. You know, the truth is this, right? Not many gifts that we receive really go beyond our expectation. They, they barely make our expectation. Now, the giver, obviously, that's why we're grateful. But the gift itself, it's like, eh, you know. How many gifts do you think in your life you've received have literally changed your life? 
How many gifts in your life would you even say that it was worth waiting for? Leading up to today, we've spent four weeks in this period called Advent, which means it's the period of preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus at Christmas and also preparation for the second coming of Christ. And during these four weeks, as we have waited for the birth of Jesus, we've looked at four different things, hope, peace, joy, and love. And what we've looked at is, why is Jesus the greatest hope, the greatest peace, the greatest joy, and the greatest love? And so after four weeks of Advent, we're finally here on Jesus' birthday. Most of us are here, some of us are camping, right? And as we celebrate today the birth of Jesus, the Son of God, the question we ask ourselves today is this, was he worth it? Was Jesus worth the wait? Were were your expectations met? Were you pleasantly surprised or bitterly disappointed? Now we go back into the Old Testament and we read of these prophecies, right? These prophets would come and they would prophesy and about this Savior that would come, right? And this is what was promised, right? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. For, uh, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. End. Now, this verse was recorded roughly about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Look at what the expectation was. The government will rest on his shoulders. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. It says his government and its peace will never end. Jesus is prophesied that when he comes, he will change the world. God would promise to us that he would do an amazing thing, amazing thing through his son, Jesus. And he did. We read in Isaiah 64, When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you. Who, who works for those who wait for him. This is what God did through the coming of Jesus. If we think about our history as humanity, there is not a single person that has been more influential in all of history than the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, whilst only on earth, for 33 years, is still today the most influential and also controversial figure of all time, even after 2,000 years. But you know what? We should have known this from when we read the Old Testament. When we read of all the prophecies that were spoken about Jesus and what he was going to do, when we read about the birth, life, and death of Jesus, what he was going to teach, what he's teaching, literally life-changing, history-altering. 
Now, I want to read to you the, the, the story in Luke chapter 2 of when Jesus was born and the response from a bunch of shepherds nearby. Now, once again, we've heard this story many a time, and I just want you to hear it afresh this morning. It comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now, let me just rephrase some of the phrases that we we hear in this, right? An angel of the Lord appeared to them. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. He's the Messiah, the Lord. There is not a single baby that has been born to humanity, not even yourself, right, that comes with this much hype or this type of entourage. When I was born, uh, my parents uh, got married and then, I don't know, I don't know if this is a true story or this is the one that someone told me or I made this up. So let's just go with that, right? But after my parents were born, they didn't have kids for five years. I, I, I heard, and then later I might have heard something different, but they were trying to have kids and they couldn't have kids. And so they were getting to the point they were going to give up and, you know, get a dog or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, suddenly, you know, the miracle child turns up. That's me, Right? And so, you know, after five years of not having a kid, like, suddenly I turn up, I'm born, and this part's true, my dad, true dad, like, no, no sense style, right? This is back in the old day where there's no mobile phones, like, you know, you've got to pick up the phone with the cord attached to it, some of you don't know what that is, but that's okay. Um, he literally gets out his little telephone book, and back in the day, you know, the, the Korean society wasn't huge, and he started at A... And he would call someone and go, oh, I had a, had a son. Thanks. <laughs> and literally he went through his, and, and my mom tells me a story. And, he, and, and she doesn't tell me because he, she was proud of my dad. She was annoyed at my dad because she, he went and told everyone that he knew in our society. And then they all came to the hospital and my mom just wanted to rest and couldn't because all these guests kept coming, right? Because my dad was very excited, right? Now, there's not a, that, that's, it's not like I was lying there and then suddenly a bunch of angels turned up and went, ooh, you know, your son is here, you know, like there was no musical in the background, all right? There's no one like the birth of Jesus. 
The shepherds cannot believe what they have heard. So they go and they see for themselves. And their response we read in verse 20, the shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard, they had seen, which were just as they had been told. This is what we call beyond expectation. Friends, when we understand the significance of who Jesus is, of who Jesus was prophesied to be in the Old Testament, of what Jesus did in his life, the significance of his death and then resurrection and his ascension into heaven. When we recognize who Jesus is, what we finally understand is this. He is the gift that was worth the wait because he is beyond expectation. This is when we realize that Jesus, he is our greatest hope. What does that mean? It means that in the brokenness of our world today and in the brokenness of your life and your soul, there is no hope like Jesus. You can go to any clinic, you can go to any non-for-profit organization. There is no hope like Jesus. Jesus. And when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me, it provides us a supernatural hope and a supernatural salvation from this world. We recognize that Jesus is our greatest peace. What does this mean? It means that when when Scripture says that, that, that he promises us peace that the world cannot give, peace that the world cannot understand, That when we look at the news, when we look at the world we live in today, and we see so much war and chaos, we pray for this peace, that even in the greatest storm, we can experience the peace through Jesus. We recognize that Jesus is our greatest joy. What does this mean? It means that there's no comparison to anything in this world. Nothing compares to the joy that Jesus can bring to us. Nothing. Not even your closest friends and family come close to the joy that can be given through Jesus There is nothing more than what Jesus gives to us in this life and in eternity. And finally, we recognize that Jesus is our greatest love. What does that mean? Jesus will end up dying on the cross to pay the price for the sins of the world, for your sin and mine, past, present, and future. There's not many people in this life that will love you in that way, sacrificially, and yet Jesus died for you. Friends, there is no one like Jesus, and there never will be. And when we understand the significance of who Jesus is, Christmas doesn't just become about holidays, meals, presents, 
but it becomes the single greatest event in all of humanity, the entry point of the most important human being of all history. See, Christmas comes around for non-believers, and what do you get? You get an extended holiday. You get double demerit points for 10 days. Drive carefully, please. You get a great time with family and friends. You get good food. You get good gifts and some not-so-good gifts. And that's as good as it gets. Christmas comes around for the believer. It is a reminder that we have with us the greatest hope, the greatest peace, the greatest joy, and the greatest love available to each and every one of us through Jesus. Because here's reality. After the extended holidays, you go back to work. Time with family and friends is only good while it lasts. Gifts, name one gift that you have from over 10 years ago. Let alone any gift that you can go take beyond the grave. Nothing beats the gift of Jesus. He is more than what we expect. He is beyond our expectations. So how do we respond this Christmas? Well, I think we respond like the shepherds. Let me read Luke 2.20 again. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told, glorifying and praising God. Friends, I pray that this Christmas, that it's not just a reminder of a holiday, time with friends and family, meals and gifts, but it would be a reminder of the birth of Jesus. And it would lead us to reflection, worship and praise towards our God, the giver, of the greatest gift. And for some of you, maybe today is the first time you consider who Jesus is. Maybe Christmas hasn't been much more than a holiday, much more than a bit of time off, gifts, meals. Maybe, maybe today it's just the time to consider why is this such a big deal? Who is this Jesus that... The world would transform. And maybe it's a time to consider that maybe Christmas could be more than just the things that we see. But the deeper meaning and and the greater significance behind it all. And maybe one day you'll ask yourself the question, is this Jesus worth it? And my prayer, my hope is that as you get to know Jesus, you'll realize and you'll recognize and you'll acknowledge that Jesus is worth the wait because he is beyond all of our expectation. And that is my prayer for you today. Let's pray.